So today's message was meant to be brought to you by Paul, not the Apostle Paul, but Paul Maguire. And Paul uh, has been hanging around this week with a lot of people who have since found out that they are COVID positive. And so he's just waiting on his to get sick, really, and discover that poor fella. Um, and so what we did after some collaboration and thinking is he gave me the work he'd done and I'm going to present it to you and then chuff off on holiday. So we're cramming it in, but hopefully can bring to you something today that just blesses you and enriches your faith. And so these thoughts are primarily in the foundationally balls of which I have the opportunity to build on and to present to you. Now we've been tracking through this series. We're in the second week of it called The Chosen, which is taken from the streamed television show called The Chosen, with the same name. Last week we covered episode one of season one. Today we're covering episode two of season two, which has a theme, and the theme is Sabbath or Shabbat. So when you hear Shabbat in some of the clips that you will see very shortly, they're referring to what we call Sabbath. Now, I would encourage you to get a journal or a piece of paper. You might want to use your phone or other technology. That's fine. Um, Someone knocking at my door, but they've strict instructions not to come in. I'm trying to knock the door down. Um, but my, um, and so, um, sorry, Shabbat means Sabbath. Um, and that's where they shared a meal together from uh, on, on Friday evenings. And then they would Shabbat or they would Sabbath throughout uh, Saturday until sundown on Saturday when the Sabbath would be over. So having said that, let me introduce you to episode two of The Chosen, and we're going to show you a little bit of a clip which uh, dates back way back into the Old Testament when they um, were this tradition was alive and thriving. I see a star. And if you think I'll fall for that, Eli, you must think I was born yesterday. Was there a Shabbat when you were little? Of course, since the time of the covenant. Every seven days, why so many Safta? Shabbat is a time for rest and time to honor three things. Family, our people, and God. Family like Safta and Sabah? Yes, and you, Ima and Abba, of course. Close friends are like family too. Who else? We honor our fellow citizens on Shabbat. Strangers after? We are all God's people. Even friends we haven't met. But most important of all, we honor God in all his works. We rest because he rested on the seventh day. We rest to refresh our souls, to know him better. Woman of valor, who can find her? This is the Eshet Chayim, an ode to women of valor. Far beyond jewels is her value. Her husband's heart trusts in her, and he should lack no fortune. There! May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. May God make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. The sixth day.
So what did you notice about the way they honoured Shabbat? You you think about that and put yourself in that scene. As I do, there was a calm, right? There was a peace. There was a slowness and stillness to it. It was unhurried. There was no demand. It was sort of like they were relaxing into it. And family were present and friends were present. It was a community event that all sort of seemed to, to gravitate and be about God. It was so so encouraging. And, and as you, you saw that scene, did you, did you see what rituals and habits they performed together? What did they do to ensure that that was a special holy time, that they were ushered in to the Sabbath? Can you think? Can you recall? Uh, lighting of candles saying of words and honouring of people. There were common phrases that were used, weren't there? You may not remember precisely what they are. Well done if you do. But why do you think they use those phrases? Why do they take hold of those phrases and use those phrases? I think it's because those phrases were anchors for moving them into the rest of God. They, they were ways of drawing people into rest and Sabbath and being with God. That when they heard those words, they were triggers to the soul and to the mind and to the life. That Things had changed now. Things are different. We're moving into this space. What about, what about these four questions? Look at these four questions. And I'll give you three minutes to ponder these four questions. Who was allowed to participate in the meals? And why? Why was that important? Did this, what you saw, ever look like something you would like to participate in? Would you like to be there? Did it look constricting? Or was it a waste of time? Was it clicky or excluding or hospitable and inviting? What do you think? Spend a few minutes, you might want to journal, you might want to call someone up on the phone, might be watching it together over the phone, you might want to discuss it with the person next to you, you might want to journal it down, you might want to go make yourself a cup of tea. What do you think?
Are you really a Pharisee? Yes. I'm sorry, I wasn't... I'm not here to enforce Jewish law. So how do you know who I am? You really don't remember me at all. I burned incense. I don't remember. It's all a blur. I can't go back into that. No, no, I don't want you to. I can't even imagine. But you you are healed. That, that much is clear. I just want to understand how it happened. That makes two of us. <laughs> how long after my visit did you feel the change? It wasn't anything you did. It was someone else. Someone else? He called me Mary. He said, I am his. I am redeemed. And it was so? Who did this? I don't know his name. And even if I did, I could not tell you. Why not? His time for men to know has not yet come. His time for men? <laughs> he, he performs miracles and seeks no credit? Well, what does he look like? Is he a member of Sanhedrin? Would you at least know him if you saw him again? I don't know why I am sharing this with you. I... I don't understand it myself. But here is what I can tell you. I was one way. And now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. So yes, I will know him for the rest of my life. <laughs> I have to be home to prepare for Shabbat, as I'm sure you do. So when did you even hosting Shabbat dinner? It will be nothing like yours, I'm sure of that. But I'm going to try. Shabbat Shalom Nicodemus. Shalom, Mary. God's first instruction to humankind was to keep the Sabbath holy. It means set apart. In Genesis 2, verses 1 to 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The, the Shabbat, the Sabbath, it was this holy day. It was pure. It was righteous. It was set apart from all that took away from who we were meant to be. It was a sense of restoration. It was building something into us. It was, it was taking something and saying, no, no, there's a holy space for this. And Mary, as you just saw, Mary has found that, embraced it. She has been set apart. 
she has been made righteous. She has been healed and made whole. And now she looks forward to Shabbat, the first time she's hosted Shabbat. And we'll see how that goes in just a moment. But she looks with such anticipation and excitement about the setting aside of something holy for God to reclaim, for God to redeem. Now, think about think about our Sabbath, like in our day and age, right now, the way we Sabbath. What does your Sabbath look like? Does it look anything like their Sabbath might have looked like? Do you think God even cares about whether we Sabbath? Do you do you do you think right off the top of your head? Answer right now out loud. Go on, no one can hear you. Not not even me. Does God care about whether you Sabbath or not? What do you think? Now why did you say that? The yes or the no or I'm not sure or whatever. Why what caused you to think that? To say that, to wrestle with that? It might be something because I'm talking, you want to jot down in your journal, or you might want to pause this and talk to the person next to you. Many of you will remember a time when society as a whole really valued Sabbath. Yeah, when the world actually literally stopped. Well, not literally stopped, but everything stopped about it. There was no Sunday sport. There's no businesses open on Sunday. There was nothing to do on a Sunday except be together as family. And for those of you that were followers of Jesus, to be with God, to celebrate what God had done. And and how did you celebrate that? Did you have rituals and patterns and things that you engaged in, that you loved to do, that made the Sabbath what the Sabbath was? Which day was it? Was it likely a Sunday? My challenge of my life is that I can't Sabbath on a Sunday because I'm working. (laughs) So I Sabbath on a Tuesday. That's what I put aside. Why do you think it's so difficult in modern times? Why is Sabbathing so difficult now? And maybe it isn't for you. And the rest of us would like your wisdom and insight about why it's not. But why is it so difficult? And what do you think? What do you think we would gain, if anything, from? doing a better job of Sabbathing, from enjoying a Sabbath, from setting up a Sabbath? How would we be replenished? How would we be helped? Think about those two questions just for a moment. Why do you think this is so difficult to Sabbath and will we gain anything from it? And I'll tell you an experience I had. We travelled to Hawaii some years ago. Uh, it was amazing. I had an incredible holiday. And one of the things I wanted to do was take a helicopter ride over the lava that was spewing out of a live volcano and, and take some photos of it. Um, now, that wasn't able to come about for a few factors. One, we had a two-year-old with us at the time who uh, my wife didn't fancy sticking that two-year-old in a helicopter and her jumping out of the helicopter into the lava pits. Um but um, we we didn't do it. But when we were watching the videos about it, one of the things that fascinated me is when the lava rolls down from the volcano, it rolls all the way down and, and nothing can stop it. It's unstoppable. And if you're in its path, you're cooked, you're done. But as it rolls down, it would then reach the sea. And as it hit the sea, the cold surf would crash against the blazing red hot lava and steam would come out. As the steam came out, the lava would be turned to rock. 
Nothing could stop that lava except the sea. And as I think about our work and our drive and the things we do and the catching up with people and the doing all that stuff that you and I go, oh, I have to get this done, I have to do this, I have to accomplish this, all that stuff. It feels like that that's lava rolling down and the Sabbath is the only thing that says, whoa, 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 work, you shall not pass. You shall not pass. We have to set our Sabbaths up so that our work doesn't invade all of our souls and take away from us. So all the things we have to do don't become everything that we are so that we belong still to God. So why do you think it's so difficult in this modern age to Sabbath? And what will we gain, if anything, if we did it? See, festivals and holidays and culture are all full of rituals and habits that link and highlight learned virtues and values. All of these rituals, they naturally evolve over time. Sometimes this evolution increases the exposure and participation. Other times it diminishes and fades out. So we, um, every year for the last seven years, we did it since I was born, uh, the week before Christmas, we go on a Christmas light hunt. And we do that, and now the kids go crazy over it now. When we started, Zari thought it was okay. But now, seven- and five-year-old, they're going off their minds at how amazing uh, Christmas lights are. The other night, we counted them on the way home from church. 200. I may have taken a diversion and gone a different way, but they love Christmas lights. So every year, we venture out, and we get a list. We've got a friend who has a great list, and she gives us the list. And when we go hunting, go hunting for these Christmas lights. Now... The driving around is, is okay, but it's what, it's what we do that signifies to something greater that's taking place. So we do this thing, but it signifies in all of us that there's something about Christmas that's greater that we all want to participate in. We enter into these rituals that point to something greater, that highlight something greater that's taking place. And we make Christmas more special by doing a Christmas light hunt. What special things can you do to make the Sabbath more special? What rituals or values or virtues can you invest yourself in? Can you do what practices can you have to make the Sabbath more holy, more set apart? So here's a question for you to jot down. As we meet together on Sundays, our Sabbath, or throughout the week, what are the top five rituals, rhythms, or habits you most enjoy about that? About coming to church, about being a Christian on the Sabbath, about resting on the Sabbath. What are the top five things that you love about it? And then... What are those virtues and those values, what do they highlight for you? Why are they important? And you might say it's the drive. One of those five things is the drive to church. This is full of anticipation or excitement or I love it. I'm looking forward to seeing people. Why is that important to you? So, so take, take two minutes and just jot down what are those five things and why are they important to you.
when I think about Christmas lights, there's a few reasons why that's really important to our Christmas ritual. One is that it's about creativity and wonder. It exposes us to more of that. It's about family and fun. It's about adventure and a journey. It's about the wonderful conversation that takes place in the car and the questions that pour out. Plus, we usually get lost. Yes, usually get lost. But there are things that we engage in and do that make that which we want to be part of far more special. So what is that for you with the Sabbath? Let's watch the last bit of episode two. Thank you, Miss Maddie. This is a fine place. Oh, thank you. Are we on? Is it still on? Yes, Shula. How did you find us? I followed that mule, Barnaby. <laughs> Not that he waited. Looking as handsome as ever, Barnaby. Come. Lucky guess, Shula. <laughs> is this the place? If Maddie's here, it is. Do I know you? Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm James. This is Thaddeus. We were told this would be a good place to come. We can leave if it's awkward. Oh, oh no, oh, please come in. You are most welcome here. So, can we help? Oh, no. Well, uh, yes, I... I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I see food. That's a victory. If I'm not doing something or doing something wrong, you tell me. Oh, nonsense. It's already great. I can't remember the last time I was invited to Shabbat dinner. Me never. You never been to Shabbat? Of course I've been to one. Been to lots. Just never got invited. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the extra seat for? Oh, uh, for Elijah. Am I right? I, I remember my mother always setting an extra place for Elijah. That's only for Passover. Just once a year it's say that. Oh. Well, when Seder comes, I'll have a head start on setting up. Notes. <laughs> Let's see. Can I read it for you, Mary? Stop it, Barnaby. I read better than you. <laughs> My father taught me. Very impressive. <sighs> uh, oh, uh, is the first star out? Yes, let's eat. Like I said, you are very popular. Or it's a Pharisee here to shut us down for letting you be here. Hello, Mary. Hello. It's good to see you. Yes. Yes. I don't want to be rude, but would it be okay if, if I... Oh! <laughs> yes, of course. Please come in. I just never thought you'd... Um... I have guests here. Uh, this is my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. Rabbi. Rabbi. You already know these men? They are students of mine. I trust they have been polite. Of course. Your guests can take the seat. Yes, Mary? Oh, 
Of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Please have a seat. I keep saying of course a lot. <laughs> um, Francis is the man I told you about who, um, who helped me. Oh, yes. Yeah, Mary told us so much about you. Oh, I hope not too much. I'm Barnaby. This is Shula. She is blind. Ah. In case you couldn't tell. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I don't actually know your name. I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Huh. Well, apparently something good can come from Nazareth. <laughs> well. Mary, I'm honored to be here. Why don't you begin? Oh, no, I, I couldn't now that you are here. You must. Thank you, but this is your home. And I would love for you to do it. Okay. I'll just, uh, I'll just read from this now. Now the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. And God completed on the seventh day his work that he did. And God. And God abstained on the seventh day from all the work he did. And God blessed the seventh day, and he hallowed it. For thereon he abstained from all the work that God created to do. Blessed are you, Lord our God, Blessed are you, Lord our God ruler of the universe, you have who creates the fruit of the vine. You have lovingly and willingly given us your Shabbat as an inheritance in memory of creation. Because this is the first day of our holy assemblies in memory of the exodus from Egypt. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the bread from the earth. Amen. 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 So here is the question that Jesus ultimately delivered to people. And it's for us today to wrestle with. If you were given a blank canvas to reimagine what resting in God and honoring his creative work could look like, what are some of the ideas you'd love to explore? If the Sabbath for you were a blank canvas and you got to paint what your Sabbath looked like on it, what would you start to paint? If you were a blank desk and you could build the Sabbath upon it that you could engage with and love and enjoy, what would your Sabbath, how would your Sabbath be built? If you were telling someone the best way that you've found to rest in God is to do what? What would you fill in? What would you want your Sabbath to be all about? And we need to think about this creatively. And, and, and creativity, it's, creativity is... It doesn't mean things have to be complex. Things can be easy and straightforward and simple. And Paul reckons, Paul reckons, that creativity is carrot and peanut butter put together. He says, yum, I'm like, no, 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 creativity is raspberry and white chocolate put together. Oh, yeah. 
the ingredients don't matter. It's two simple things put together to create something beautiful. The Sabbath, what beautiful things could we put together to create something beautiful? What things could you put together in your life to create something beautiful? You know, here's, here's some ideas. You might say, I want to start my weekend. I want to start my Sabbath by going down the beach and having a swim. And as I get dry, I'm going to, I'm going to pray. Or you might say, well, what about a picnic right on sunset on Friday evening as we watch the sun go down over the beach and we're just reminded again of God's beauty and God's wonder? What about a, a potluck dinner with some music that you invite friends to? You're like, this is how we just see in the Sabbath, come and be part of this. What about fishing? And this is Paul's suggestion, although I do concur with it. And listening to a sermon that I've preached or that Village or that Burley Heads has preached, been preached at those churches, just to edify and, and, and move your spirit. I'll put a link in the description below, actually, of the, um, of the, the link to the podcast so you can hear some of those sermons that we preached. What about post-work on Friday? You've got a movie and a dinner. And then write, write your ideas down. Jot them down. Share with, if you're with somebody, call somebody up and say, hey, just listen to this thing. What would a Sabbath look like? If we could rewrite our own Sabbath, what would that look like? What would a Sabbath dinner or Shabbat look like? And, and what could you build into that that would remind you of God, that would lead you toward God, that would enable your soul to rest in God, that would open up God in new and brilliant and beautiful ways, that would remind you of God's faithfulness, that would center you again on God, that would detach you from everything else and reattach you to God. Well, that's your your work. Our hope from this today isn't that this will be it. You're like, sweet, just flick it off. We'll sing a song in just a moment. But that wasn't what our hope would be. Our hope is that this content of today's conversation would ripple through your week, would echo, reverberate through your week. It would be challenging and glorious and wonderful and lead you into new and creative ways of resting with God and drawing others into that too, that it would be a team sport, and that you wouldn't do this alone, but you get to do it with God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can be together on this medium. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of rest, and the gift of your Sabbath. And Lord, we pray you would forgive us for times when we have not honoured it, we have not adhered to it or followed it or kept it holy or set it aside. And we've just done what we want to do. Lord, renew that in us. Give us creative ideas. What does a wonderful Sabbath look like and how might we involve and invite others to be part of that? May we, like Mary, introduce and invite Jesus to dinner and sit with him as he ministers and blesses us. Lord, we thank you for your time with us today. We ask this in your powerful name. Amen. Let's sing one last song together. <laughs>